What's going on, everybody? Thank you for hitting play on another episode of The Curated Culture. I am your host, Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel, joined, as always, by me, Red One Maria. Hey. We're back, and it didn't take us a month to re-record, so taking a step in the right direction i have recently found myself um back in creator creative slash work mode um we recorded some new youtube videos uh we're doing this podcast here there'll be a special episode of the podcast with a guest in a couple of weeks um i haven't written a whole lot so that's that's a little disheartening, but it's hard. It's super hard to juggle everything because I'm still working a regular nine to five gig, as are you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm struggling trying to keep everything together between you know the YouTube videos and editing that, and then um, spending time, of course, writing, podcasting. It's rough. It's hard. It like is. Work life balance. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's uh that's very difficult. And uh, you know, it's it's something that I do enjoy doing though. I mean, not <laughs> not like missing out on things or, or not doing work. I don't enjoy not doing work. I do enjoy doing this. And uh That was would, really confusing. I know, I know. It, I it's it's why I keep coming back though, because this is like a legit passion of mine. I can remember um I can remember what it felt like the very first time we went to a Comic Con even. The very first Comic Con that we went to uh was Detroit Fanfare and we got those press passes and it wasn't a very big Comic Con at all, but just being there and interacting and being able to interview people on the spot, like that was the moment that I knew that all of this is is what I wanted to do. I wanted this to be a part of my life in some way, shape, or form as much and as often as it could be. Yeah. Looking back and knowing what I know now about the convention scene or whatever, I think that was just like the perfect con to start off. Oh, for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. And how it played out and everything. It was just, uh, it was just good. Yeah. I mean, all, all the experience that we've got, and not necessarily just to make this like a Comic Con specific thing, but just like media training in general. Like all that experience that we got. Well, um, yeah. I mean, like you got <laughs> interview time with a lot of different people. Um, artists um a lot of actors like um just a it was like a nice variety mm-hmm. and it was a very intimate kind of con it wasn't like huge yeah yeah i mean you used a you used a perfect word for it it was very intimate i'm just saying like in the, in the grand scheme of things on as a whole you know, um, starting off there was was a great experience, and then you know moving on to some of the bigger ones is is really kind of taught me. Uh, I get I don't want to say media etiquette because there's there's so many different things, but as you go to more and more of those cons, you you know you kind of find your personality. You know what you like. You know what to look for. Um, you kind of become this this expert in these kind of events, you know, you find yourself talking to strangers at comic con, like, Oh, you should do this, 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 and this, or, um, you know, like when we did our video about, um, what to expect when you go to San Diego comic con, cause we had gone so many times and, you know, we kind of knew w- what hall H line was now making sure that you wear comfortable clothes, making sure that you pack snacks for lines and <laughs> stuff like that. Making the mistakes and, morning people yeah everything's everything's a big learning experience and uh 
Yeah, I'm just I'm grateful that, you know, I and you and we get to do this, you know, whether it be a biweekly or weekly sort of thing. And especially, again, creating content for YouTube and and all that. It's 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 a great joy of mine. So I wanted to start off the podcast all sappy and with no real direction, because (laughs) that's that's what I do lately. (laughs) Um. There's a there's a big story that happened this past week that you know we kind of glance over real quick because I'm not uh, I'm not a financial engine expert and I have no real idea on how this is going to affect the company long term. But last week, uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos announced that he was going to be stepping down almost immediately. As Amazon CEO, I think uh, I think the new CEO is going to step in in like March or something like that. And the new the replacement CEO is going to be um, Andy Jassy, who is headed up um, Amazon Web Services right now. And I mean, dudes, dudes done pretty well. Um, both of them have done pretty well. You know what I can only think of. What's up? Randy, Andy, Classy, Jesse. Oh, <laughs> from uh, Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know much about Jesse, Sassy Jesse. Uh, I do know that he started and was appointed the CEO of uh, Amazon Web Services and, you know, they kind of oversaw a whole bunch of stuff and um he's going to be taking the reins over the entire amazon company bezos is going to stay on as like an executive chair pretty much but he's going to pursue some of his other passions and i'm curious to hear what you think about those other passions are well that's what i'm just saying like do you really think he's stepping down to pursue his passions like of I mean what is a like multi-billionaire passion really consist of yeah um do you really think it is a move just because he wants to like semi-retire or is it something to where it's more um stepping out of the public view and having like an escape goat that's what I kind of think of yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, knowing the stuff that he has been and is working on, I don't think he's going to step out of the public eye at all. In fact, um, in terms of on the Amazon side of things, yeah, he, he may not be as involved, but um, he's got um, the the Jeff Bezos Earth Fund which is essentially him pumping millions and millions, probably even billions of dollars into um, helping companies create um, clean energy, trying to convert or help companies convert to uh, completely uh, green energy or clean energy. Um, So there's that. And then there's... I want to. I feel like it's called Blue Orbit. Maybe I could be wrong, um, but he is stepping into um, Elon Musk territory because he too wants to uh, commercialize um, space travel. So those those are like the two the two big things that he's that he's working on right now. Like those are those are the passions that he's going to be pursuing, and. Um, I mean, both noble causes for sure. You know, the U.S. in particular has fell gravely behind when it comes to, you know, the the issue of of space and space exploration. And then also uh, (laughs) we spent the last four years getting away from clean and renewable energy to go back into, you know, fossil fuels and fracking. So. I think, you know, the the Earth Fund is is a good thing as well. I just, you know, the guy that, and we'll talk about this in a little bit too, the guy that can't seem to figure out how to properly pay his employees and give them bathroom breaks 
and things like that is trying to uh, make the world a better place. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying. He's removing himself from like the hot seat to like smoke and mirrors, like save the earth. Yeah. I, oh, Blue Origin is Blue the name Origin. of it, not Blue Orbit. Blue Origin. It's not a gum. It's not. It's not five <laughs> gum. Uh, yeah. So Blue Origin, it's a privately funded aerospace manufacturer and suborbital spaceflight service company headquartered in Kent, Washington. Huh. Well, maybe he's gonna like pursue his passions, like buying like Rosetta Stone for alien <laughs> uh, language. I don't know. I feel like there's there's got to be a little more behind that even too, um, but I mean you know at the same time you have so much money you have to find other ways to spend it I guess and that's space exploration is one hell of a way <laughs> to spend a I guess uh, and it's he it's not like he has a small fortune he has a large fortune so he has he, enough he, he has more than enough like more than. Then you can fathom. Yeah. And this should be a little, I mean, not from space exploration, but uh, in terms of clean energy, because I just went to look it up because I was really curious. But um, according to uh, the Earth Fund website, the Bezos Earth Fund joins the solution project to accelerate the transition to 100% clean energy and equitable access to healthy air, water, and land. How do you feel about that? Wonderful. That's great. I mean, I don't know. You know me. I like uh, saving the planet and tree-hugging hippie. Um, so that's great if that's what's what's uh, what's being done. I would be interested to know more of their, like, bigger projects or what their their goal to get there is like their plan yeah it would be interesting to see how how they intend on getting to 100 percent clean and renewable energy or even the efforts that they're making to support other companies to do so because it's, it's not just them right i i would be interested in their process for sure um, speaking of Amazon and Bezos and the process, uh, another really interesting story that I came across regarding them is that there are certain Amazon warehouses, um, that are requiring workers to work what are called, uh, mega cycle shifts, mega cycles, mega cycle. That sounds pleasant. It, it's it, Honestly, it sounds like uh, a, like a Trumpian type of program, like something Trump himself would come up with. Bigly cycle. It's not you're right, right? Huge. is is not a a direct Amazon directive for employees, but uh, is something that was kind of a, a media term that was coined in relation to. Uh, several Amazon workers complaining about being told that they had to work these shifts, which were essentially from like 1 a.m. one night all the way to 12 p.m. the next day, which is absolutely insane when you consider uh, that that is not one of the most pleasant jobs already to have because the demand is, is so high. You're always working, but you always read these horror stories about again people working in these amazon factories and not being able to take bathroom breaks or not getting lunches or being able to even take a rest break like it's just go 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 i couldn't imagine um working that long you know it's almost 12 hours straight right uh without any kind of breaks or or meals or anything like that yeah i i don't know i it's yeah, when you think about the hours, like who, who's on Amazon in the middle of the night? Like I, I know I, I'm guilty of the, the I've had a few beers and I want to shop right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, is there that many orders to where they're demanding people work these weird 
long, extremely long hours um, or lose their job. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what one one anonymous Amazon worker uh, said. He, he was speaking to, um, I believe it was, it was USA Today, and um, they were quoted as saying that, you know, they were told with little warning, by the way, like this, it just started happening. People were told, this is your shift. This is what you have to do. And it was... If I'm not mistaken, it was even happening in a few Amazon warehouses that were closing, like being shut down. And they were being told, you know, short notice that this is your shift. This is what you have to do. And if you don't want to do it, then you're going to lose your job, which if the warehouse is closing, it sounds like they're losing it anyway. So it was like a lose-lose situation. Yeah, that's that doesn't uh, that doesn't go over well. I. I don't know. Didn't they, the Amazon workers try to unionize too? They did, and yeah. they have basically lost that battle at every single turn. Yeah, um, and that, I, and then it all makes sense because you can't tell a unionized employee to work all the hours of the night and shit to their pants. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, that that for sure wouldn't fly. But why do you, why do you think that is though? Like. You know, in, in the grand scheme, and I understand, you know, neither one of us is a, is an expert, a labor expert, or anything like that. But um, outside of the obvious that that the company is run by an ultra rich, and in fact, one of the two most richest people in the world, um, you know, jobs like that, warehouse jobs, are typically most of the time unionized jobs. So why wouldn't Amazon in particular be a unionized sort of of workplace? I, I can't think of a reason why. Because it I be. think they're so big that it would hinder their profits. Um, having to, you know, have contract meetings and those type of things to discuss fair wages and fair work practices and those type of things um, <clears throat> cost money. A lot of money. And um, complying with those things you know, is going to actually cost them more money. Because now they've got to have somebody take your place while you have a pee break or you know, you get a, a whole lunch hour um, you know, those things, you know, why did they have child labor? Cause they could pay them cheap, you know, it doesn't. So it's obviously the almighty dollar, you know, and that's kind of where I guess they're showing the public, Hey, this is where we're putting all of our eggs in this basket. Right. In this, in this one single, <laughs> in this basket. one single basket. Yeah. Not in several, like our employees, and we care about, no. So, you know, and and people are starting to kind of uh, a boycott an Amazon type. Yeah, I mean, do you remember back in, like, March last year when um, there was uh, the story in the news about the guy that was, you know, trying to protest or raise awareness to working conditions in Amazon, and he's on the news and is flat out like, why are why are you ordering at 3 a.m.? I believe it was like a dildo or something like that. He's, he's questioning people's shopping, shopping. habits. <laughs> um, but what's really interesting, though, is um, Amazon actually has and continues to employ um, intelligence agents who are their sole job is basically to monitor, track, and record any sort of employee unrest to Amazon, which feels like a very big, almost like a union-busting 
tactic. Like yeah. they they sit around and 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 they you know I, and and I wonder how that goes. Like, is it somebody just in the plant wearing a wire? <laughs> like, You're the mole. Yeah, like <laughs> you got the guy with the big mustache and the sunglasses. Right. Right, and he's asking all the all the shady questions. <laughs> like so, how you feeling today? Right. But moving on, because we don't want to spend all all show talking about Bezos and Jassy and no, Clancy, Amazon workers peeing in water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, GameStop. We touched on that a little bit in the last show. Um, <laughs> when we last talked. GameStop stocks were uh, just blowing it out of the water. And now, a week and a half later, we have uh, people who are what I like to call um, bag holders. They got left holding the bag. They got on the GameStop GameStop stock uh, bus a little too late. There were several people talking about, um, you know, seeing the stock explode and getting in there and, and buying shares when it was at two and three hundred dollars. And then as of writing um, or not writing as of recording, that stock is worth like 40 bucks a share now, mm-hmm. which could can you could you imagine? Like, even if you had the money to spare like, could you imagine going in and buying dozens of shares or even hundreds of shares of GameStop stock, you know, at, at 150 or $200 or $300 a share only to see it dip down to 40 bucks in a week's time? Well, I, I mean, shame on you for not doing your homework. I, I mean, at that point. Other than if you really are a diehard GameStop fan and you do not want to see it go under in any sort of way, mm-hmm. then your money is, you can, I mean, you can say, hey, I tried right. to save my GameStop. Very true. And maybe you'll get some reward points. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> you think they're going to get you like an extra 30% off of a used game yeah. from having stock? <laughs> you can show them like your stock losses and maybe they'll feel sorry and give you that used copy of what What used copy would you want? Resident Evil? Nah. nah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've bought like a used game because everything that I buy is typically digital now. That was a douche uh, comment. I mean, you can call it a douche comment, but we have a shelf, several shelves full of DVDs that we have not touched in years, literal years. And the move to digital, less waste. Yeah. <laughs> oh, going you, back, oh going green back to boy your over here. Mental uh, <laughs> conversation. Um, but the, so here's the good news behind all of this GameStop stock funkiness. Uh, although it is no longer trading at you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars, it is still uh, leagues ahead of what it was trading at before um, the Reddit hack kind of took over, which is is cool. So they, I mean, they still get the last laugh, right? Because I mean. it, it's no longer a failing stock; like it's it's still up. They finished last week with their worst. <laughs> Worst loss ever. I think they. Uh, it was estimated that they ended up losing like eighteen billion dollars in in uh, market share. Uh, but in terms of the stocks itself, again, before it took off, it was only trading at uh, twelve or thirteen bucks. Right, and I I believe um, the guy on Reddit. What is his name? Like Digital Kitty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he got subpoenaed. That's what I wanted to talk about because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of talk surrounding uh, like the Treasury Secretary um, was her name Janet Yellen, 
meeting with the uh, Trade Commission um, and the Securities Exchange to talk about that in particular, you know, to make sure that, you know, there was nothing illegal that was done. Yeah, there wasn't. But they'll find a way to kind of sweep this under the rug and tell everybody to go away. Because that's how the rich people make their money. And we talked about it last time. It's Mm. just like that vicious cycle until it happens to them. And then it's like they're going to cry foul. Right. So, and then when you point that out, it's like, no, it's different. (laughs) But in what way? It's my money. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's another thing that that really weirds me out in how certain things work in favor of of the rich and the ultra rich is like the system is already rigged in their favor, but even when it's not, it still seems to <laughs> somehow be rigged in their favor. It's it's like it's a never ending battle. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad to see that, uh, again, that the GameStop stocks themselves aren't completely tanking. So, you know, it's 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 not as in bad a shape as it was initially. But, you know, that's that's still a, a ridiculously huge loss after the stocks tumbled. Well, they knew that they weren't going to be able to keep all that going. Yeah. You knew that. Maybe been nice, though. this is a good life lesson for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been sweet, though, to kind of see GameStop stock come out of nowhere and maybe the company starts doing way better and they start like. But I mean, even then, though, let's say hypothetically, if if it did, you know, stay up trending and GameStop is making money like hand over fist, what do they do with that money? Are they reinvesting in the stores? That's what I'm saying. What are they going to do? Because you yourself just said, I buy everything digital. Yeah. So you're going to walk into a GameStop and what are you going to buy? A keychain? Nah. A game system? That's like rarely hard to find now because of bots and everything else you have to contend with. Not unless you know people like like me. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, we know the same guy. We know the same guy. Okay. I, mean, I got one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, for me, I I do. I definitely uh, would still go into GameStop to purchase, you know, systems and all that fun stuff. And realistically, if I would be one but of those, but a weirdos, system's not going to keep the store alive. No, no, it's it's not at all. And and I'm only one person. There are still tons of people, obviously. Because Sony still makes a, a a PS5 with a disc drive in it. There are still people who want that hardware experience, so there is a market for it. I'm just curious, like, what what would be ideal, ideology, <laughs> idealistically, what would be the best plan um, if they did, you know, kind of take off? Are, are you going to... Are you going to partner with a big box retailer like Walmart or something like that to have GameStop experiences in those stores so that you don't have to have individual brick and mortar stores? Like what what would be this is just in the industry. We call this fantasy booking. (laughs) <laughs> like like what do you like what do you do with all that money how do you transform your business if if maria is the ceo of gamestop and why can't maria be the ceo of amazon wait a minute we're because, gonna go back. <laughs> because we we decided to move past that subject 15 <laughs> minutes ago so now you're the ceo of gamestop okay. but if you're the ceo of gamestop and you see your company is now um in in an entirely different position your your fortunes are reversed the nerds have saved you what are, what are you doing to to sustain your business model knowing that you have to face and fight other big box retailers and knowing that you have to compete in the digital age i think then at that point my stores are going to look a lot different i like like the pop up things that uh, concepts that um, some places have done. Like, you know, if you have... I would like to partner with certain games. or Game studios? Yeah. Specifically? Yeah. 
um, and maybe even having uh, stores or storefronts that are um, still selling all the games, but maybe a, like an exclusive, you know, Xbox or Microsoft store, and then having one be a Sony or a Nintendo type of thing. And hosting events like that, or, you know, immersive games, or, um, goodness, I don't know, having exclusive stuff. Not necessarily games, but maybe um, merchandise, or live events, or uh, even like a, you know, like tabletop gaming maybe would be a thing, because that's coming back a little bit. A lot of it, yeah. Like the the tabletop gaming industry in particular is, is it came roaring back, but as did most other things. Once COVID came through, it kind of crushed the building. So, before we move on to the next subject, um, I would like your thoughts on this thought in particular. Our video game stores, and I can't think of any other video game stores now other than GameStop, but are video game stores even still equipped to compete in the post-COVID world? Because that's the one thing that COVID and coronavirus has kind of conditioned us to do now is is to, you know, shop online because it's safer. It's more, I don't want to say more secure, but definitely safer. You don't have to be out and about. Well, I think that's something you you have to have now. You got to have an online presence, no matter whether you're in a store or not. There has to be that option. Um, and people use the online thing now for like curbside and mm-hmm. um, you know pickup type stuff, and that's all stuff you can do relatively easy nowadays. And like you said, you could, you know, limit your, your capacity or you could make appointments for specialized things, you know, if someone's wanting to see the latest games, well, then you could have an event and it could be like a lottery type of thing online. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I would like to do, if if I'm running a video game store, I would, and if, you know, this is, again, in a, in a post-COVID landscape, you know, vaccinations are taken pretty good, and we don't have to worry as much about the disease, um, I wouldn't mind rolling out something similar to um, how they do at some of those larger gaming conventions, but on a smaller scale or even comic Cons. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Drop like, uh, you know, like that, like the VR experience for resident evil seven. That was pretty sweet. That was cool. You know, you can have, have customers come in and, and try the demo or if they pre-order the game, then they get to play the demo right there in the store or, you know, you can have a voice actor from the game or something like that. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do that in every store because, you know, yeah. talent might be less likely to show up in the middle of a store in Flint, Michigan, as they would in downtown L.A. and things like that. But, right. Um, yeah, I, I think there's ways for GameStop to survive, um, you know, after all this is said and done, it's, it'll be really interesting to see what happens, though. You know what else is interesting? What's that? Hair products. Okay. <laughs> as far as? As far as when you need your hairspray. Uh-huh. And you realize it's all gone. Okay. What do you grab? Uh, I personally, I grab nothing. My scalp is dry right now. <laughs> well, all the rage right now, the internet is a buzz. Mm-hmm. A, a lady has chosen Gorilla Glue Adhesive. I cannot say both of those. I know. Gorilla Glue Adhesive to give it a shot on the old melon. Yeah. And in doing so, oh, this is the uh, this was the sister, right? Oh yes, yeah, trying to have them edges lay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, mission accomplished, right? <laughs> mission accomplished. 
What drives? She had a hair helmet, like. Yeah, of course, of course, I've used that stuff on furniture, and it is not. It is not. Listen to steal a phrase from. I'm pretty sure one of my ancestors way down the line. It it is not to be trifled with. <laughs> Gorilla glue. Yeah, it's not something you go. Hmm. Yeah, because that shit like. Like when you start applying it, it it foams up, right? It not, well, the spray stuff is a little different, I think. Okay, I've never used a spray. I've but only the spray, used it. Yeah, like the, I know what you're talking about. The foam stuff, you have to get a little water on there. Yeah. yeah. But if you've ever gotten like even super glue stuck on your finger, yes, that shit doesn't come off. Not easily. No, no, no and it's gonna be there. For a long ass time. Or you're going to rip skin off. Right. So, the poor woman washed her hair, I, I don't know, it must have been, a, you know, 20 <laughs> times. 72 times. Vigorously. And the shit didn't budge. Of course. And by then, I think panic had set in. and Because mm-hmm. um, Gorilla Glue isn't even, like, water-soluble, right? Like... You can't just rinse it out. It, yeah, it's it's not going to go away with water. That's crazy. Um, so some people were saying um, that she was doing this on purpose uh, to get some, you know, viral video fame, to get some clout on, on the internet. Um, and then others were feeling sorry for her, obviously. Um, destroying her hair. Yeah. Uh, and it was like an interesting back and forth. Like you've got this group of people who are like, "Oh, try this," or you know, "I've had luck doing this," and giving them all the home remedies and and things. And <laughs> she tried several, and none of it. Uh, of course not. She ended up having to have like a surgical. Like a procedure done? Procedure done wow. to to physically free her hair from her head. Good for her. <laughs> um, but in the process, cost quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some people who roll their eyes and, and think that, you know, it was all for show. It was staged. It sounds like it. That sounds like... And... It sounds like something, like... Even the jackass people wouldn't do because they're like, eh, yeah, I you, like my you hair. can you can paper cut me in between the the gaps of my lips with an envelope, but no, I'm not gonna put gorilla, <laughs> gorilla glue, glue in my, in my hair. hair. No, so it, it only <laughs> it only makes you think like you know you you had the cinnamon challenge where people are eating spoons of cinnamon and then Tide Pods and yep. and you know they they go to these extremes so for a like for a like for that little bit of fame for subscribe um so they, the next logical step is Gorilla Glue on your head <laughs> I hope not <laughs> I really hope this is not so, a thing I yeah I in my mind I'm thinking God I hope it's just a a stupid I wasn't thinking kind of thing because I, I mean we've all made mistakes but it makes it makes me worried that that we're all just. That we're getting stupider. Yeah, like we're (laughs) we're purposely being like we know it's stupid. Yeah, and we go, "What's stupider?" Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know what I mean to take this conversation in a more a more serious turn. I guess actually, you know what? Let's let's not go there just yet. Let's not end the show without going there. But. I want to I want to say I want to talk about your other subject, which was uh, the the Super Bowl streaker. Oh yes, give give me the story on that because I, okay. I got to know about that too. Um, the Super Bowl streaker. I I don't. When it happened, um, 
they didn't really show him on the TV. It was just like they they like closed up to like Tom Brady and <laughs> kind of hung with him for a while. And they go, oh, we got somebody on the field, a fan on the field. And they really didn't say much about it. And when I was watching, I didn't think much about it either. I was like, well, okay, somebody's on the field. And it didn't take them too long. But when I was reading about it, um, the guy wasn't necessarily a streaker. I mean, he had quite a bit of clothing on. And it he ran down the field quite a, quite a ways before they actually tackled him and t- took him off. But come to find out, he had made a bet um, and asked all of his friends to bet on Bovada, or I think that's what it was, Bovada, kind of like a betting app um, that he could get on the, the field. So he had somebody distracting security or whatever, and he got on the field and he was in like hot pink like it was he, like a like a borat speedo almost yes thank you yeah uh and he was actually um sponsored by an adult site as wow. well and that's what i think was on the speedo i'm not positive okay okay um so he had all of his friends betting um, on whether he could do it or not and banking on making some money Yeah, on the stunt. Yes. Well, come to find out, it was close to $370,000. What he was supposed to make. What he was supposed to make. Okay. His earnings. Um, what he ended up paying was $500 bail. Mm-hmm. And um, his original bet, and they canceled all of his uh, his winnings, his earnings. So they canceled all his bets what? on the site. <laughs> so he ended up losing his fifty thousand he bet on himself. Yeah, and um, on top of his five hundred. Wow, you love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so love to see it. What an idiot. So there you have it. Now, I was just like baffled because I was like there's so much going there's like so, so many moving yeah. parts to to streaking a field. What happened to just going out there naked? I, right. It's a bit ridiculous. From what you just explained, it could have been an excellent like mini doc on Netflix. <laughs> like leading all the way up to the Super Bowl. I will say this much. Uh the security team could have very well played on the defensive line for the Chiefs because they were doing <laughs> a fantastic job. <laughs> that tackle. Uh, but honestly, I mean They weren't even, gonna let him get to the end zone. You no, know, they did not they stopped him at the one yard line <laughs> actually. So <laughs> Yeah. If only. If only the the, the Chiefs signed those guys. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy the extent that people will go to now. And this, this was going to be my original point before I put it in the parking lot and now we're pulling it back into the main drive. (laughs) It's crazy the extent that people will go to for, uh, virality, like everybody, no matter what, good, bad, or otherwise, wants to go viral. And it's not a thing to where, like, people are just doing it just to do it now. People are doing it because companies are um, incentivizing people to go viral. So you do this, this stupid thing, or maybe you do something really, really cool, and before you know it, you're the spokesperson for some kind of company. An adult film or website or something like that uh, wants to pay you money if their logo is on your ass while you're getting tackled at the one-yard line at the Super Bowl, which is one of the largest watch sporting events yearly, annually, oh, always. Yeah. So there, there is money to be made, and, and I think that is the biggest motivator 
um, for people is is that that celebrity status or you know that there stands to be some sort of monetary gain. Everybody wants to be um, everybody wants to be like Dogface from from TikTok. You know they want to be. Uh, they want to film themselves. You'll get the reference in a second. They want to film themselves on a longboard drinking ocean spray and then have a, a, you know, a commercial deal eventually. And then from, um, the commercial deal with ocean spray, he feng shui that into a deal with, I think it was like Ford. They gave him a pickup truck. And then from there he's doing, um, like, uh, advertisements for electric longboard companies. And then from there, He's doing advertisements for like medical or not medical marijuana, but like legal cannabis in in his in his area. So do like one TikTok video and he's like an instant celebrity and he's making decent money for now off of all these endorsements. And I think that is why people why people set aside the normal thought, the 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 filter the good angel, the bad angel, they throw all that out the window and they're only looking at going viral and getting paid. That's it. There's that getting paid again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it baffles me. Like, do you really want to be known like the, the ocean spray guy? Whatever. I mean, it was cool. It's, ha- it's no harm, no foul. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was like an ac- like an accident. He didn't. I don't see the guy intentionally being like, "Yeah, ocean spray is gonna fucking hook yeah, me up." Yeah, right. Of course not. But it, <clears throat> it just happened, and that's that's where that's where the 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 lines get blurred, so to speak. Is is people are trying to manufacture virality? Do you, do you think the lady was hoping for a gorilla glue commercial? Yeah, I honestly, yeah. I I think nobody in their right mind is going to use like why why didn't she use Elmer's? Because that's not what she had. It was in a spray can, like her hairspray. And if she, I'll I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say maybe she grabbed it and thought it was something else, whatever. But you can't convince me that a, a fully grown adult can take a pro- a, take a product that is not safe for you to ingest <laughs> that is a commercial grade adhesive and think that you can put it in your hair and it would be fine i i cannot believe that so yes in in my in the back of my mind absolutely yes i i think it was something that was done on purpose and i don't think that the consequences were fully weighed out before she made that choice. Yeah. It's, it's like the time, you know, the toddler touching the hot stove sort of thing, you know, you know, it's hot, but you don't know how hot it is until you touch it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, and then if you know, like, yeah, well, we're going to do this for the, for the fans. Yeah. Do you really want to be known as a person who slaps some adhesive on your head? Yeah, I mean, well, so, I mean, look at it this way. That, I don't know, that just... <laughs> it, it boggles the mind. You you have to look at it like this, though, based on the whole discussion we just had. Okay. She's going to look like an idiot... If nothing comes of this, right, it's it's going to be forever the girl, what were you thinking moment. But let's play devil's advocate and let's say Gorilla Glue does come knocking like, hey, we want you to advertise our product. We want you to make fun of your plight. We want you to make light of this scenario and just so that you don't get the idea in your head to try to sue us because that is a legit thing that could happen too yes people people have before they start putting the warnings on the cup people sued McDonald's for drinking hot coffee and burning their mouths we are not the smartest (laughs) long story short 
but let's say yeah, you know somebody wants to get a, a a young attorney or or marketing person at Gorilla Glue wants to get a jump on it, and it's like yeah, uh, in an effort to kind of keep this hush hush, let's toss her a couple couple thousand dollars to do some some one spot ads for us to keep it hush hush. She's out of our hair forever, and we're, we're literally her out hair. of hers. Yeah. Then, was, then I would say, shame on you, Gorilla Glue. I mean, it's br- brilliant strategy. Brilliant, brilliant no. strategy. That goes back to the, the sleaziness of corporate America, too. That's that's right. your, that's your Amazon moment, right? Right. There. Okay. So, what would be your viral video to fame? My viral, I don't know. What stupid thing are you willing to do? Not much. <laughs> Not much for fame. I would I would much rather be the person that goes viral for doing something. Like honestly, I I can I admire the people like like the dog face guy from from TikTok. You know, that was that was some shit like you can't manufacture that it was it was a complete and total vibe dude was getting off of work probably didn't have two dollars to his name he just hopped on his board tossed on some fleetwood mac was drinking his favorite juice and now he's made i mean you know maybe he's not a millionaire but he's making good money just off endorsements just chilling like that's that's cool i would rather go viral for something like that than you know being like 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 Cato Caitlin doing like random home security commercials and stuff like that, you know. I, I think that's that's what I would much rather I would want to be uh, viral for for doing something cool or something innovative, something mm-hmm. that is long lasting. Because you know, Gorilla Glue Girl, especially with how short everybody's attention spans are right now, you know. So for me. I, I probably I wouldn't want to go viral for doing something stupid. I, I would rather want to be the, the the guy that's innovating some kind of way. That's that's my real douchebag answer right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I would like to be a trendsetter. So let's uh, let's let's get ready to put a bow on this thing real quick, and and let's end on a high note. Our, we have uh, we have two very lighthearted stories that are. Um, very chuckle worthy i guess um you wrote yeah chuckle it'll give you a giggle you you wrote about one you've actually been laughing about this since it happened for like a week straight i am so Um, curious now i'm like (laughs) racking my brain no you know what it is the 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 lawyer that was (laughs) see (laughs) you've been giggling about it all week The lawyer that was stuck as a cat in his Zoom call. I forgot about that. <laughs> I got to figure out a way to like splice that audio into the podcast. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, take, take uh, we're trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is. And I. Don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. Um, I think if you click the up arrow next to this, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat. Right, and I had no idea that that happened. Like. Again, until I heard you just hysterically laughing at it, like, "Have you seen this?" How so? What like what was what was the backstory behind? I you know I honestly don't even know. He was on a Zoom call. I think it was like a Zoom. It was like a legal. Yeah, it was like a yeah. Like something you don't want to be stuck as a cat. Yeah, it was not. It was like something professional like a job he was um like i said i don't know the specifics of the zoom meeting but he was with other people who was were like three or four other people on the call right and he had shown he shows up as this little cute white kitty and 
He doesn't say anything at first because I think he's like trying to get the filter off. And obviously he has to say something because they're all kind of looking and talking like, good morning, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to get this uh, started. Um, So-and-so, it looks like you have a filter on. You can go ahead and turn that off. And he's like all frazzled in the background. And you see the little cat face like, oh, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. Well, George. firstly, he just like flat out didn't like, I'm here with you live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm here with you live. I'm not a cat. Which is uh, tremendous. Oh, which is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Which is like great. That's and that's that's kind of the the joy that the pandemic has brought us. People not being able to uh, defilter themselves. Do you remember at the very onset of COVID, there was another story similar to this one. Um, it was a um, I want to say it was like a teachers board meeting, and the lady was in the Zoom call and she had. Uh, she had put the filter on and she was stuck as a potato, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that that is tremendous, too. I I, um, I remember finally watching it and you showed it to me. This is the most hysterical thing in the world. Like, it's, watching old people trying to figure out technology is just the best. Yeah, I was just like, wow. The filter, the filter phenomenon, like... And it seems like every Zoom call, like, everybody has to go through that Zoom call with, like, everyone testing out the filters. Yeah. Yeah, like, what What makes you do that? You know you're you're about to get on, and it's, it seemed like it was a fairly serious meeting. And he just yeah, pops up like, on screen as a cat. And Adorable. It, it got, Adorable is all get out. It got me thinking, like... Did he have it on, like, at a previous meeting? It was like, was it a setting that was set to, yeah. like cute kitty mode right um makes me wonder but yeah i remember having several zoom calls um where everybody has to play with the filters and everybody looks like a unicorn or a <laughs> sm- well, they're on a desert island or something yeah like a smooth faced yoda <laughs> um <laughs> you know mm-hmm. The little twinkly stars or whatever it is. And then never fails. There's always like a handful that are like, okay, how do I get it off now? (laughs) How do I get it off? It's not going off. And then they cycle through like every filter. It's tremendous. Never change old people. It's good stuff. You're going to be that person, Tracy. No, no. Yeah. I'm going to be the, I'm forever going to be the tech I'm feeling savvy. it a little bit. You think so? Yeah, because it takes you a minute to find the, the, the no filter button. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm for sure, I would, I would know how to operate it, but you know me better than anybody to know that I'm not going to put a filter on at it at all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not going to use it. Sometimes yeah. I, I like to have a, a nice hearty laugh here and there, but most times and stuff like that, I am Captain Unfun. It is straight business. Yeah, you're gonna, you're, you're no going fun. to be forced to stare at my ugly mug. We'll just put a filter di- on your picture duration. after. Yeah, yeah. I I am not uh, I'm not a filter guy when it comes to the Zoom calls. Do you stare at yourself during Zoom call? I don't, I don't, and and it carries over so much. Like I, I have, I'm I'm a hipster in that way. Like I don't look directly in the camera lenses unless I'm taking a selfie, because it's. I can't look soul. at the camera either. I know you're terrible with locating <laughs> the camera lens. <laughs> like you go to take a selfie and you're seventy degrees east. <laughs> like your eyes are always <laughs> so far away from the lens. <laughs> I can't take. I am not a photogenic person at all. Yeah, you I just am not. You just got to work at it. Like one good picture in about a hundred. It's like ninety percent. I look like I'm drunk when I'm stone cold sober. Yeah. Or yeah, you crack off a couple good ones with the mirror face. 
Yeah. Oh. Blue, yeah. blue steel. <laughs> you can't have too much mouth open. Like, yeah. it is, there's like a formula because cause if you stray from it, you get like. Mm-hmm. You get all discombobulated. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going <laughs> to. We have to talk <laughs> about this before we go. We have to talk about this because this was the story that made me giggle like a schoolgirl. There was a 90-year-old man in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. who spent $10,000 of his own money to place two ads in the Wall Street Journal, one of which ran in Texas and the other ran in Manhattan. Do you know why he picked those two? Yes, uh, oh. Texas is where AT and T is headquartered, okay. and uh, Manhattan, of course, uh, is essentially where the Wall Street Journal uh, originates. Makes sense. Uh, two of the largest audiences that you could find. <laughs> uh, so, a ninety-year-old man took out two ads in the Wall Street Journal to complain about how slow his AT and T internet speeds were. Uh, he signed up for the three meg per second connection and is tech savvy enough to know that he is consistently getting about one and a half down, which is very slow by today's standard. You might as well, you might as well have dial up basically. And so he, um, he took to the wall street journal to complain about his (laughs) speeds and how AT&T has been promising upgrades in his area, but they've never really um, put those promises to fruition. And uh, he he complained and complained. And, and I think that is the single most hilarious thing that I've ever heard. So much so that uh, recently I saw that. <laughs> they, uh, they updated the story to include the fact that the CEO of AT&T personally called him uh, to, to tell him that the upgrades are on their way and um, he should have access to faster speed soon. They're hooking which, him up with fiber, isn't yeah, they? Yeah, yep. Yeah, which ironically enough is probably what they've been telling him for the <laughs> last. The CEO of AT and T just totally call center employed him. Like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll get it. We're there. sending somebody out, right? Yeah, I mean, they won't drill your hole for you though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna have to do that yourself. <laughs> uh, I just I thought that was hilarious, but at the same time, it's like. <laughs> What a dick move. Like you just <laughs> drop ten G's and nobody else in your neighborhood has that kind of money to complain. They're just stuck. They're just stuck. I think it's with great. Like did he write Dear AT and T. No Who do you think you are? <laughs> he didn't Peter Griffin on that all. <laughs> no, it, it was it was literally that. It was it was a ninety-year-old complaining in eh. in a in a five thousand dollar ad ad yeah. Um, hey, it worked. I mean, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly it worked. It's his viral version of fam- mm-hmm. uh, of Gorilla Glue Girl. Yeah. There he, you go. He went viral the opposite way. The o- the OG way. Yeah, knowing what I know in dealing with that company specifically, it w- it would not surprise me if this gentleman is a, this is the dark side of my sense of humor. But He's there's a good get a chance. Commercial? No, no, oh. there's a good chance that he will die before they upgrade his services. Probably. AT and T is not the quickest to move on things like that. Even when you spend ten thousand dollars to tell them that they should, that they suck. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Because I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. You know, on the on the business side of things, maybe they can't because there are sometimes times where you're zoned out of certain areas, and that that right. might be something that they're running up against, or maybe. As I've found out on the business side of the world now, maybe it's just not financially advantageous for AT&T to run those wires on his block. They're not going to spend billions of dollars to run cables just for this one person if, you know, 80% of the houses in the neighborhood are using Comcast. Like, there there has to be some sort of 
Big money. money. What do made, you know? I just made the money, money. the money fingers, like y'all can see that. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's essentially how AT and T rolls. So before we uh, we ramble on too much, I think that that'll be a good place to wrap the show on. It was fun, very mm-hmm. laughter filled, lots of anger. Yeah, it started off not so laughy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a very serious, very heavy discussion. But uh, I want to say thank you guys so very much for listening, for downloading, for streaming, for plessing. For plessing? Pressing play on this episode of the uh, Curated Culture. If you like what you hear, and let's be honest, you probably don't. But do us a favor anyway. <laughs> And if you're listening to this on <laughs> Apple Podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review, man. Um, that helps get more uh, eyes and ears on the product, help the podcast rank a little higher in the algorithms. Because it's, it's fun. We enjoy doing it. And um, as long as we can do it, and as long as people are interested, we will, for sure. And uh, while you're at that, uh, make sure you subscribe as well. We are essentially everywhere that you can find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, uh, Amazon Podcasts. There was another weird foreign one that we just signed up for because we're international around these parts. So make sure that you subscribe. Uh, Check out the website, thecuratedculture.com. And follow us on our socials via at thecuratedculture, at underscore curatedculture on Twitter, uh, at Robbie Diesel, virtually everywhere Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, uh, at Red One Maria no on the TikTok. tweets, on the Instagrams. Uh, make sure you follow her there. Thank you guys. Y'all make sure y'all take care of each other. Uh, don't be a dick. And we will catch y'all on the next episode, eh? Yep. Awesome. <laughs>